This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Okay, you got your Bibles. Go with me to the book of Isaiah 46. Isaiah chapter 46. Now, we're back on faith here, and so I'll do a little bit to just set the table a little bit as you're going to Isaiah 46. Jeremiah chapter, not Jeremiah, James chapter 4 verse 7 says this. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Now if we were to look at that, the first thing he said was submit to God. So I want to highlight that just a little bit. How do I submit to God? The only ways that I can submit to God, you, you can submit to God to a degree verbally. But the real way I submit to God is the way I obey God. So to truly submit to God, i got to submit to the Word of God. Because according to John chapter 1, God and His Word are one. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So again, when you talk about God, you might as well throw your, the Word of God in there. When you talk about the Word, you might as well throw God in there because it's just like this. So again, to submit to God is to obey God. And so I begin to sit there and look at that verse, and I looked at it and looked at it today. And so think about this as a parent, that if you were to tell your son, your daughter, before you go to school today, I want you to make the bed. They may look at you and verbally say, okay. Now, to a degree, they're acknowledging you. I wouldn't say they're obeying you yet, but yet when they say okay, that's saying they understand it. But when they go ahead and leave and don't do it, you know what that tells me? They didn't submit to you. And so even in this area with Father God, we can look at Father God. We can say this about Father God. We can call Him Father God. We can call Jesus Lord of our lives and everything. But the proof of the pudding's in the eating. In other words, it's in my obeying. And so even if I was to say to my father, okay, I'll obey the word, I'll obey the command to make the bed, and I don't do it. Partial obedience is still disobedience. And so, right here, the Lord makes it very clear here in the area of submission. And so, literally stated here, my submission is revealed by my obedience or my lack of. So, when I see what the Word of God says, it becomes a choice. Do I obey it or do I not obey it? Just like as a, as a child, when, when your parents give that command to make the bed, you either do it or you don't do it. Well, I, I threw the sheets up in one of the blanket. Partial obedience is still disobedience. So if I was to go into the room and look at that bed that was half made, I would not pat them on the back and say, well done, good and faithful servant. As a parent, you'd look at them and say, what do you not understand about making the bed? So now we go back and review a a, a verse that you've probably heard me reference this several times. Jeremiah 1.12. God watches over his word to perform it. He watches over his word to perform it. Now think about what's he watching over. You know what he's watching? He's seen who will obey his word. 
who will be actually a doer of the word. Now, Hebrews 4.12 says the word of God is alive and it's powerful, it's active, it's dynamic. It will, it will uh, uh, come to pass the very things it says to do if I'll obey it. So guess what God's doing right now? I mean, he's looking over his word to see who's going to obey his word because he's ready to perform it. So now we go back to another thing that we talked about uh, several weeks ago. In Titus chapter 1, verse 2, it says, God cannot lie. God is the descri- description of truth. So i got to get that in my heart, okay? i got to bury that in my heart. God is not capable to lie. So now we go back and we look at everything that we're talking about. If the word is truth, if, if, if he's watching over it to perform it, and God cannot lie, where does the issue rely at? Me. Now, you know, as human beings, sometimes we don't like to admit that. Think about this in this sense. God doesn't miss it, okay? <laughs> he doesn't miss it. So if God doesn't miss it, again, man, I have to look into my life. And I have to say, okay, where am I at? Now, let's start here in Isaiah 46. And, and let's begin in verse number 9. Remember the former things of old. For I am God, and there is no other. And you may want to highlight that, okay? He said he's God. There is no other. Okay? None. So when people say, well, we, we all serve the same God. We just go different ways to get to him. That's not true. If I truly believe the Bible, there's only one God. And his name is Yahweh, the great Jehovah, okay? So again, he clarifies that. And in the very next sentence, look what he says. I am God and there is none like me. So again, when he says there is no other and there is none, what do we not understand about that? There is none like him, okay? So if there's none like God and there's none uh, other than him, man, I better get a hold of what he's telling me. I better understand again, this is God. So he goes on to say, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times the things that are not yet done. Saying, my counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. I'll do all that I wish. Calling a bird of prey from the east, the man who executes my counsel from a far country. So I'm looking at this verse here, and and these three words just really, really jump off the page. In verse 10, he says, declaring. In verse 10, he says, calling, or saying, And in verse 11, he says, calling. Now, this was what God did. He declared, he called, he spoke, he said. Now, the Bible's very clear. I'm to be an imitator of God. So if you go back and you look in in Genesis chapter 1, God spoke out everything he desired. God never did do anything without first speaking it. God didn't do this. And then he said, let there be light. No. God said, let there be light, and then there was light. So here, God begins to get over to something that I believe is very important for us, that we begin to understand my declaring, 
My saying and my calling are very important. Now, with that in mind, let me ask you a question. What are you declaring? What are you calling? What are you saying? Because the tongue is a very, very, very creative force. Keep reading with me. Indeed, I have spoken it. I have said it. And I will also bring it to pass. What will he bring to pass? The very things that he said. I have purposed it. I will also do it. So understand this here. God does not deviate from what he says. Now sometimes we have a hard time with that because we get around people and they mean well. But sometimes they tell us they're going to do something and then they don't do it. So if I'm not careful, I begin to kind of have that thought, well, I know God said it, but understand this. God said forever, this is Psalm 119, forever my word is settled in heaven. In other words, it's not going to change. God puts his stamp on that. He marks it. Now go with me to the book of Hebrews chapter number 10. So again, He's watching over his word. You know what I found out about the word of God? And biblically, this is, uh, this is Acts 10, 34. The apostle Peter said this, I perceive God's no respecter of person. He's no respecter. It, it doesn't matter who you are, okay? God's word will work for every one of us in this room. It doesn't matter what street you live on, okay? It doesn't matter how much or how little you make a year, all right? You start getting a hold of the Word. You get in the Word and God will get into you. God will start moving you in your life, okay? Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19. Therefore, brethren, that's me and you, having boldness or confidence to enter the holiest holies by the blood of Jesus. Now, when you read that right there, we have a confidence to enter God's presence Man, we do that by the blood of Jesus. It's interesting to me, he said, have confidence. Man, God loves when we come in there with confidence, because guess what? He's not going to change what he said. He's Father God. He goes on to say, verse 20, by a new and living way which he consecrated or purified for us through the veil, and this is his flesh. So the new and living way, you know what it was? The Old Testament was based on over 600 commands. But the new and living way is all through Jesus. Everything we do is through Jesus. His name, His blood, and His broken body. So if you're born again, guess what? His blood and His broken body was shed for you. So guess what? He said, man, you use that. You have a right to come under the blood. You have a right to speak the blood because Jesus said, I already paid for it. Verse 21. And having a high priest which was Jesus over the house of God. Now listen real close to verse 22 and 23, because both of them will start with let us. Verse 22, let us draw near with a true or sincere heart in fullness or full assurance of faith. Now, it's interesting what he says there about faith. He didn't say just faith. He said a full assurance in faith. So what is faith? Faith is a byproduct of the Word of God. 
So you know what he's saying? Man, the Word of God will give you a full assurance. Anytime you can find where it's written, that becomes your title deed. I like to say it this way. Anytime you can find where it's written, you can tell the devil it's finished. And if he ever starts yakking at you, you pull out the, bar, the, the verse and say this. Now, I'm jumping back to some of the stuff I talked about Sunday. Matthew 4, remember when the devil messed with him? Jesus said, uh-uh, uh It is written. It is written. So again, we can come before God with a full assurance of faith because His Word, He never changes. He said, I spoke it, I purposed it, and I'll do it. So He goes on to say, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies were washed with pure water. That's all through Jesus. He qualified us. Verse 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope. One translation, actually the New Living says, to the hope we affirm. Now, when he's talking about a confession here, he's not talking about going before the priest and confessing your sin. Actually, the word is affirmation. So what he's talking about are the words out of my mouth become the expression of my heart. So here's the question. What are you affirming out of your mouth? What are you confessing out of your mouth? So he says, let us, let us hold fast the confession of our hope. Why is this so important? Keep reading. Without wavering, without vacillating. For he who promised is faithful. So the reason we hold on to that confession is it's based on the Word of God. And we can go back to the Word of God every time. When God promised it, He said He will do it. So now I have to look at this and I think, okay, we see things over and over. Confessing, speaking, declaring. And so guess what? You are on a daily basis. You are confessing or you are affirming something. How do we know that? Well, Proverbs 18, 21, and this is a good verse to get a hold of. Death and life are in the power of your ears. That's not what it says. Death and life are in the power of your tongue. So guess what that tells me? As I go through this life all day long, I'm either speaking death or I'm speaking life. I'm either speaking blessing or I'm speaking cursing. And guess what? It's like you have rows in your field of your life and you are planting the very seeds that you are confirming or confessing or affirming to. So now I got to go back and I got to say, okay, what am I speaking? I've got to watch over my word. When the word is absent, faith will be absent. How do I know when I'm speaking faith? Glad you asked. Matthew 12, 34 says, Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth is going to speak. So you want to locate what's, your, where, what's in your heart? Just listen to what's coming out of your mouth. That's why it's so important that we find in the B-I-B-L-E scriptures and then, man, we let our tongue begin to voice it. And God said, 
And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And Roxanne said, and whatever Roxanne began to say. So again, I don't think we really understand the, the, the creative force of our tongue. The power of our tongue. Do you know it's so powerful that 50% of your eternal destination is based off of that right there? Where's that, Pastor? That's Romans 10. You believe it with your heart and you confess with your mouth that he's the Lord. So again, my, my mouth is, is a springboard of actually what's in my heart. Again, this is where it gets crazy at times. You've got to put a guard on your tongue. And if you're not disciplined enough to do it, then man, I mean, you get a hold of your wife, you get a hold of someone else, and you say, I, I want to be disciplined to speak the word out of my mouth. I want to be able to say, we're speaking the word, we're going to get into the word. We're going to speak it, we're going to speak it, we're going to speak it. Daily, daily, continue, continue. The rest of my life, absolutely, it's the rest of my life. It's day by day. Now go with me to Mark 11. Mark 11. Here's the thing about your words. You're going to gravitate toward what you're saying. Either death or life. I don't care who you are. We're going to Mark 11. I'm going to give you another verse as you're turning to Mark 11. Psalms 119.50 says, For your word has given me life. Your word has given me life, okay? So, man, if that word has given me life, i, I got to get a hold of the word. You know, I, I heard this years ago. Within this book is treasure. But sometimes when it comes to treasure, you're going to have to dig for it. Man, you get in there and dig, and you find these things that are promised to you in the Bible, and then you begin to write them, you begin to speak them. Remember, that, that was one of the successes there in Joshua 1. He said, speak it, think it, obey it, and then you would make your way prosperous and have good success. Interesting that he said, then you, you would make your way prosperous and you would have good success. So again, you know what that says? The Lord's saying, here, I'm, I'm letting you have it. You choose. But, but, but. Well, that butt is nothing but a goat, and a goat's got a hard head. So get those butts out, all right? Thank you. Mark 11, verse 23. For surely I say to you, whoever, whoever, and you know what? I, I can look at every one of you in here. You're a whoever, you're a whoever, you're, I'm a whoever. For surely I say to you, whoever, whoever what, keep reading, says to this mountain, be removed and be cast in the sea and is not doubt in his heart, but he actually believes those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Now there's two big things in there. There's a whoever and a whatever. He starts with whoever and he ends with whatever. And I'm a whoever, and I control whatever comes out of my mouth, and so do you. And so it becomes a very great promise right here when I begin to get a hold of this, and I say, okay, what am I to speak to the mountain of my life? See, every one of us have mountains in here right now. Your mountain may look different than mine, but every one of us have mountains. 
There's stuff that are obstacles. There's situations. There's circumstances. Right? So again, here's what we got to think. What are you speaking to your mountain? What are you saying to your mountain? So again, this was the Lord Jesus. This was his prescription to me and you. He said, you got to speak the things of God. Verse 24. Therefore, I say to you, whatever, there's that whatever again, whatever, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. And so guess what he begins to tell us? I think what he tells us that faith has to do with believing and speaking. How many of you have ever prayed? But it was kind of like a wish prayer. Oh, I hope this happens. But look what he said. He said, therefore, when you ask, when you pray, believe that you receive them. See, a lot of times we don't believe it. We just kind of throw it out there kind of like... Uh, uh, throwing out a dartboard. Oh, I sure hope I hit the target this time. So he said that if you believe, you receive when you pray. So how can I get over and I believe that I receive? Well, then I got to go back to the Word of God. And so I go back and I say, Father God, because your Word says this, and so the Word becomes again my title deed, the Word gives me something to stand on. So that's why it's important that when I pray, I pray the Word, I incorporate the Word into my saying, and guess what? Whatever verse you're standing in, and I'll use an illustration, let's just say Colossians 1.13, you delivered me out of the power of darkness. You know what that says that tonight? And when I get up tomorrow morning, you know what it's going to say? And He's delivered me out of the power of darkness. And when I look at it tomorrow afternoon, He's delivered me out of the power of darkness. You know why? Because God's Word never changes. So guess what? I hold fast. I hold to the full assurance of that, that confession. I begin to get my heart and my tongue in line with the Word of God because guess what? God is a magnet to His Word. How do we know that? He's watching over it to perform it. So, so much of this comes when we begin to incorporate it, not only in my praying, but just in my speaking. Now, what would happen if you begin speaking the things of God early tomorrow? What if I said, write down on a piece of paper three things right now, three things in your life. Would you start confessing those? Would you start affirming them? Affirming is an affirmation. Would you begin to say, I thank you, Father God, today that, that, that you've blessed me indeed. You've enlarged my territory. Would you begin to say, I thank you, Father God, you've crowned my year with your goodness, my past with your abundance. Would you begin to say, I thank you today, Father God, that you said that all who call upon you will be saved. See, again, I, I got to find those scriptures that are pertaining to the areas of my life. Speak it. Speak it, speak it, speak it, speak it. And keep speaking it. How long? Until you see it happens. Just keep standing and keep standing. And what happens with us so many times, we, we get anxious. We quit. I can go to an ATM, I can hit a button, woo here it is. I can have popcorn in a minute and 30 seconds. That's a fact, Jack, I know that. I've done that recently. See, again, we do things like that, but when it comes to the things of God, 
Man, we get impatient. Let me tell you this, and I'll end with this. From the time I started confessing that God had delivered me from the power of alcohol till I was totally free, it's four years. Four years. Now, that doesn't mean I didn't see fruit. I saw fruit, okay? I mean, again, when you, when you drink every day hard, I, I know what it is to drink hard. I, and, I mean, and be dominated by it. And so, you know what? Here I am. Born again, man, people begin to quote the scriptures to me. And so, I thank God I didn't have a bunch of religion. I thought, well, you know what? If God said that, I'm just going to go ahead and believe that. And so, I started hearing this stuff. So, I started saying, I thank you, Lord Jesus. Alcohol doesn't have no dominion over me in the name of Jesus. And so, I started saying it. And I started saying it. And all of a sudden, man, and that word started taking root in me. And so, I would go a little while and go a little while. And I'd have victories. And then, I'd fall off the wagon. You know, the only time we fail is when we fail to get back up. A righteous man will fall seven times and it gets back up, Proverbs 24, 7. So keep getting up. Keep quoting. Say, Miss. And so I kept speaking. I kept speaking. kept speaking. Oh, my gosh. And God started working. He started moving. So guess what? I begin to see fruit in that area of my life. And you know what I figured out? If the word will work in that area, it will work in every area of my life if I just begin to get a hold of it. And so I begin to look at myself in the mirror and say, Woo, you're set free. You're good, you're good because of the goodness of God. And so, I quoted this earlier. Acts 10, 34. God's no respecter of persons. I don't get dressed in a, in a phone booth, okay? Begin to believe the Word of God. And I stood on the Word of God. And it became that assurance of my, my, my confession. Hold fast to that confession of your faith. Well, Pastor, we did it for two days and it's not working. Oh, guys, hang in there. Don't grow weary in doing good. Hang with it. The Word of God will work because you know what? He said it worked. I'll do it. I'll purpose it. I spoke it and it'll come to pass. So I got to get that. Stand on your feet. I got to get that in my heart. God's not going anywhere. His Word is forever settled in heaven. So it's as if at times God's saying this, I, I double dog dared you. Just step out and believe my word. Step out. Here's how I'm going to end tonight. You know, in Mark 16, it says, Mark 16, 15, it says, we're to preach the gospel to every creature. How many of you believe we're supposed to do that? Why do you believe that? Because the Bible says so. Preach the gospel, okay? But you know the next verse, he said, and lay hands on the sick in my name, in the name of Jesus. And he said, and they'll recover. Now the word recover tells me it could be right now or it could be a process. They'll recover. They're recovering. But you know why a lot of men don't do that and what a lot of churches don't do that? Because they don't believe it. But yet, God said that in His Word. And so I said, I believe it. And then you know what He said? He said, and you cast out devils in the name of Jesus. Well, for me to cast out devils, that means people have some things in them they don't have, need to have in them. Now, I can stand before you tonight and I say, I've had the devil cast out of me. You have? I have. I was full of the devil. I mean, I can tell you manifestations that are, ooh, doo 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 doo. You know, I was in here praying today. And the Lord said to me, He said, there's many that the, the devil's been messing with their sleep. And it's become bizarre. 
crazy, crazy nightmares, crazy, crazy stuff happen in your sleep. And he said, it's the devil. The devil's working on ones in that area. And so you know what? We're going to end tonight this way. If you want us to lay hands on you and pray healing over you, we're going to do it because the Bible said so. And guess what? We're going to act on it. We're going to obey it just because that's what he said. And we're going to get out in faith because, Lord, you said that when we lay hands on the sick, they'll recover. And he said, you don't put up with the devil, whether that's you or your kids, okay? And so it isn't nothing weird. It's not we're going to sling you around. It's not how it is, okay? It's a simple command of the name of Jesus. All right, bow your head. I'm going to let you go. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.